go! Welcome to the Jake Albright Podcast. It's Sunday night. Uh, I'm here in Tempe, Arizona. Post six wild card weekend. They were calling it Super Wild Card Weekend, Super Sunday. Uh, really fun weekend. We didn't have too great of games necessarily, but just can't complain about six games of football, three straight games each day. We had some great games. We had some blowouts. We had some high-scoring games. Um, I was right about some stuff. I was wrong about a lot of stuff. Uh, so we're going to go over all that tonight. We'll get into the NFL mostly. Just recap what happened this week uh, with the wild card and get into some gambling stuff. And then probably at the end of the show, I'll talk about the NBA and uh, give you guys some some stuff about what's going on. Uh, so to recap real quick, this is the Jake Albright podcast. Uh, it'll be airing a couple times a week. We just had our first episode come out two days ago uh, featuring an interview with Owen Gifford. It was a great episode. Great interview with Owen. I thought he thought he said a lot of really good stuff. Really, it got pretty deep, pretty meaningful. Um, we, you know, gave some advice to younger athletes. So if you are younger and play sports and uh, you know want to want to learn some things about having the right mindset, dealing with adversity and stuff, go listen to that interview. Uh, it's up on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. So please check that out. Uh, we'll have some more great interviews coming up. I'm super excited. We got. Yeah, a lot of athletes lined up, but we're gonna we're gonna mix in some other guests too, and uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of surprises, a lot of good stuff, and a lot of people that you guys have uh, maybe never heard of or never heard of uh, speak before. So that's coming up. Uh, but to start tonight's show, I just want to get into the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I'm recording this during the Ram or during the Browns game. Sorry. <laughs> so. It looks like they were going to win. Honestly, that might be the biggest blowout of the week. Uh, I guess Pittsburgh scored a late touchdown. So it's not going to end up being the biggest blowout of the weekend. But honestly, it was a pretty big blowout the whole game. The Rams were – or the Browns – why do I keep saying the Rams? The Browns were up 28-0 at halftime. Uh, just came out. Looked like they did in that uh, – I think it was that Tennessee game where they just came out and punched them in the mouth. Uh, this team looks really, really special, really good. They look hungry. They look motivated. They've dealt with a lot of adversity this year. And uh, it just looks like that's a special, special culture that Jarvis Landry and, and Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield have built there in Cleveland. Uh, they, they just – I'm not going to touch too much on that game. It was, it was a blowout. Um, the Browns are going to go play Kansas City next week. I'll, t- I'll preview the, the next week games uh, coming up later this week on the pod. But the Browns will play Kansas City. They'll probably get Stefanski back, which will be big. But you know, everyone freaked out about that this week. That's another. Th- that's one of those things where, I guess you know, everyone freaked out about it, and it kind of might have served a little more motivation to the Browns, pump them up. I'm sure Stefanski gave uh, the offensive coordinator a great game plan to call, and uh, you know, they they definitely figured something out. We always do as human beings. Uh, definitely smart ones like Kevin Stefanski, who uh, he would be my coach of the year. So. Browns win there. Uh, just, you know, I mean, we can go over some stats real quick, but Baker played pretty well. He had a great first half. Uh, Chubb was running the ball. He had, a, he had a long receiving touchdown, too, I think a 40-yarder. So just an overall really impressive performance. Yeah, Baker Mayfield was 21 for 34, 263, and three touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger finished with four interceptions. 
Chubb had 76 yards on 18 carries in that long receiving touchdown. Jarvis Landry had 92 yards. Uh, Juju had a huge game. Jeez Louise, Juju. 13 receptions, 157 and a touchdown. But like I said, it just the, the Browns offense right now, they're just they're clicking. They're clicking. They have everything working. The run game, the play action. Baker just knows exactly what to do, when to do it. He's not forcing anything. Um, and that's just that's just showing his progression. I mean, Baker, last year you could see, um, you know, listening to every analyst, it was pretty clear because they were all saying the same thing. He was just trying to force stuff. He was he was holding the ball too long. He was forcing stuff into coverage. And so this year, you know, different coach, different scheme, mostly play action passes. He's he knows where to go with the ball. Uh, it's pretty safe options. Pretty safe middle of the field, outside, you know, just out out routes, crosser routes. Pretty safe stuff that, um, you know, they'll take a shot every once in a while. So I really like what the Browns are doing. I would, like I said, I would vote Stefanski coach of the year. I think he's probably the best thing that's happened in the Cleveland Browns organization in 25, 30 years since uh, Bill Belichick left. So that's awesome for the Browns. Congrats to the city of Cleveland. Not only did you make it to the fucking playoffs, you you won a playoff game. So I, I, uh, sadly you have to play Kansas City in Kansas City, but – that is so awesome to see, and, you know, my first Cleveland playoff win I've seen. So just a, a great day to be in Cleveland. Um, congrats to them. And uh, so then I think I'm going to jump to the uh, jump to the top of the game list. We're going to start with the Saturday morning game, um, Indy versus Buffalo. Coming into the game, everyone was on Buffalo. Uh, everyone thought Buffalo was going, you know, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender, hottest team in the league. Josh Allen was was probably playing the best football outside of Aaron Rodgers um, as a quarterback in the league. And the line was at six and a half. Most people were on Buffalo. I think it, it was around 60 to 70% of the money was on Buffalo going into that game. So just a, a big favorite. Um, and from my perspective, um, I, you can hear it on the pod with Owen. I said I saw value in Indy. The line got all the way up to seven. Uh, I just don't think... I just didn't think that Indy was was a bad team or even an average team. Indy, Indy, and obviously that was apparent if you watch this game. I think it opened a lot of a lot of people's eyes. Uh, Indy's a great football team. Uh, they have talent all across the field. They're secondary. They're linebackers. They have the best linebacker coverage linebacker in the league, and maybe one of the best tackle. I mean, he's arguably the best tackling linebacker in the league. And Darius Leonard, their de- their defensive line with DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston is one of the best in the league, um, and getting pass rush pressure, and so they're they're great against the the pass, and and you know they have a great um, defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. He's going to be one of the top head coaching candidates. I know a lot of you guys haven't heard of him. Uh, I'll repeat his name: Matt Eberflus. Uh, he's he's one. Of, he's a young coach, up and coming. Great defensive hit, just so good on defense. Um, runs a lot of cover, cover, you know, defenses. I don't want to get too technical, but great coach. Uh, he's probably going to get hired, uh, maybe not this year, but next year. And uh, I just thought that game would be close, and so that's how the game played out. Um, to start, you know, Buffalo looked really good. Josh Allen came out just firing. Uh, I mean, he had a great game all around. Just. Stupid good game, uh, rushing, passing, didn't turn the ball over. Just he really just obviously learned from last year, and he's he's not stopping. I mean, I I, I gave it a couple weeks, but 
he's the real deal. Um, this isn't going to stop anytime soon. So he came out hot. He was running. He was getting – Indy was bringing pressure. They were doing what they needed to do. But Josh Allen was getting out of the pocket. He was making plays. He was making some ridiculous throws. Um, arm arrogance is just off the chart with him. So he came out. Indy fought back. Indy really fought back. They were down 24 to 10, I think. And, you know, just methodically fought back, got a couple stops. And uh, it, was, it was really close. Uh, Frank Reich made a couple, couple bad decisions we can talk about. One was at the end of the first half. He, uh, I think it was fourth down and goal from the four-yard line. And uh, they were up 10-3 to three or something like that. And uh, mo- most people would, would argue that he should have just kicked the field goal there, taken the points. Uh, but Reich went for it, uh, called the pass play to the corner of the end zone, and it was just outside of Pascal's hands, just outside. Um, so, you know, that I, I would, if you were going to ask my honest opinion, I would just chalk that up to the right play call analytics-wise and co- honestly coaching-wise. I, I love going for it there. And he called the right play. Philip Rivers made the right pass. Receiver got open. It just, it just didn't work. I mean, pass was an inch too far. So... I think you just chalk that one up to it happens. A lot of people were making a, a big deal out of that one. I don't necessarily find that one too bad. Um, but going in, you know, Buffalo Buffalo kind of just controlled the second half. They got a couple scores. Indy came back and made it close. Final score was 27-24. I really thought that, you know, this is exactly – I hate to say this, but this is honestly exactly how I saw this game going. Um, I said before the game, don't trust Rivers to win the game, but he has plenty of fucking experience, and this pasty is good enough to slow down the Bills, which it did. Uh, I said the Bills' defense, uh, run defense is 30th, while the Indy offense is third uh, in rush offense. And Indy, in the second half, the way they got back in the game was just rushing the ball. They got a couple big rushes out of Hines and Taylor, and that was how they got down the field. Because Rivers, I mean, he, he can't really throw deep, and so... They were able to get the rushing game going. That's how they were able to get back in the game. And I really, that's how I saw this coming down. I, th- I saw it being close because it's, it's Phillip Rivers. I mean, you can take the Chargers out of Phillip Rivers. Or you can take Phil, you take Phillip Rivers off the Chargers, but you're not going to take the Chargers off Phillip Rivers. Uh, he was in a close game. They were losing. He had a drive. And it probably should have been a fumble. I, I, I thought that probably should have been a fumble. But... They they didn't call it a fumble. I don't know if you you know if you watch that game, Pascal had a catch and and fumbled, but they called him down. They said he touched, but I I don't know. It was close. It was bang bang. It didn't really matter. Thank God. Um, and Buffalo won the game, which I'm I'm happy about. Even though I'm a Colts fan, I, I you know this wasn't our year. We need to keep. We need to find another quarterback and keep building. But Buffalo, I'm excited. They got a win. They're going to move on. They're going to have a great game against, oh, jeez, who are they going to play? Oh, they're going to play Baltimore. So great, just an absolutely fantastic game. I'm so excited for Buffalo-Baltimore next week. Um, like I said, we'll break that down in a couple days. But, yeah, I mean, Phillip Rivers, I don't know if he's going to retire. He had a great career. Uh, he just, just like always, man, he just it's so close but not enough. And, you know, Great game, didn't do too much bad, but just not enough at the end. Um, excuse me, sorry. Uh, so not enough at the end. Indy did end up covering the line of seven, uh, which I was on, and 
I mean, I got this one right. I, I, I said that it was going to be close. Indy would be within a touchdown, and that's exactly how it was. Um, so that was that was good. That was, I, that was a good start to the weekend for me gambling-wise, and uh, it was a great game. It was probably the best game of the weekend, so that's, that's kind of a shame. Um, so we're going to move on to Seattle and the Rams. Uh, Seattle... You know, they came into this year, we'll give a little shout out to them, they came into this year, um, well, you know, not a sh- well, I guess a shout out, because they're, they're done for the year, they lost the Rams, Seattle, um, if you guys remember, they were 5-0, and Russell Wilson almost broke the passing touchdown record for the first five games, or through five games of the year, uh, they just look, they look like the best team in the league, Russell Wilson looked like he was going to win MVP, and it just, it looked like... You know, they had figured it out. They were letting Russ cook and throwing the ball, and I don't, I don't know what happened. I remember, uh, I remember, you know, in those press conferences, especially after the, the Cardinals game, and, and Pete Carroll was talking about how they needed to get back to Seattle football and, and running the football, and, and they were getting their running backs back because um, at the start of the year, their running backs weren't healthy, so that's part of the reason why they were throwing it so much. And so once they got their running backs back, they started running the ball and wanted to get back to quote-unquote Seattle football. And I kind of just didn't like that, especially in the moment. I didn't agree with it, and, and looking back now, it just it killed him. You know, I don't I don't know. I, I like I've said before. I really like Pete Carroll as a coach. I think he's a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, both college and NFL. He can do it all. He can recruit. He can coach NFL players, which even Nick Saban can't do. So you know, he's one of a kind. He's a great leader. He's a great person. But I just don't know why he, he loves the run game so much. Um, I don't know if it's because of Marshawn Lynch and they just think that's their identity as a franchise or what. But, you know, they're, they're in love with the run and, and they, they, they stopped letting Russ cook. They took Russ out of the kitchen and they, they, they lost the Rams as a result. They lost the Rams who started the game with John Wolford as their starter who coming in, I love I really love John Wolford. I'm a huge John Wolford fan. If you watch the beginning of that game, he was he was pretty damn good. He was getting out of the pocket. He was moving. He was exactly what I said he was, you know, he was exactly what I said he was gonna look like. And uh, unfortunately he got a big hit from Jim All Adams uh, right to the neck and had to be actually taken to the hospital. So that was that was really sad to see. Um, because, you know, that's his opportunity as a backup to show what he had and he's a young player this is his first opportunity I really really think he could maybe I you know he could even be a starter with the way I've seen him play in one and a half just he's so mobile and 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 fearless and has a lot of poise and the Rams really looked good with him on the field so um and also uh, you know I've heard a lot of stuff from you know players and and their you know reports coming out of their locker room and stuff that you know they they really they, he kills he kills on scout team he he kills Ramsey he kills Donald you know that their defense really respects Wolford so you know that that should tell you something too so going into the game they started Wolford he had a great start he got cracked by Jamal Adams uh, missed the rest of the game I don't think he'll be back for next week but we'll see because the issue and I haven't talked about this yet is Jared Goff. Um, he had thumb surgery before week 17, missed the week 17 game. I heard during the game he had three pins in his thumb, and I'm, I'm 90% certain it's his throwing thumb. So 
I mean, he really can't even grip a football right now. So just a, just a disaster for the Rams going into this game um, with Wolford and Goff. Uh, you know, to start this game with Wolford and Goff both being hurt. Uh, they had to put Goff out on the field. They they literally Johnny Hecker was their backup quarterback at that point. Johnny Hecker's their punter. Um, so you know I I don't know if you've played like that in Madden, but that never goes well when you have to play the punter as your quarterback. Uh, so they had to go with Goff. Uh, you know, and they they just ran the ball. And honestly, I mean that's how the Rams have gotten this far. That's how they have this good of a record. That's how they got to the, the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Is is running the ball, trusting the run game, and, and relying on their defense, which right now is playing the best in the league. I mean, this defense is as hot as anyone. Maybe maybe New Orleans you could put in there, but this Rams defense has got to be one of the best in the playoffs, or the best in the playoffs by far, and they're just clicking. Uh, Donald and Ramsey, their whole secondary. Brockers is playing really well. They just have talent on all three levels. They get pressure. They can cover. They can stop the run. Uh, they're filthy. They're disgusting. And, uh, I mean, that was evident in this game. They shut down Seattle. Russ had that big pass play to uh, DK. Just a ridiculous throw. But he had that big pass play, and that was really it. Other than that, he, he didn't get much going. They only had 20 points, so 13 outside of that big pass play. So, really, they had nothing going at all, all game. Um, the Rams just shut him down. And this was just a classic... Sean McVay, Los Angeles Rams, if you've watched them the last three years, just run the ball down your throat, rely on the defense to get you stops, and Goff makes a couple throws here and there. You know, to move the sticks, get them down the field, and and it works. It works. Um, it really works. Sean McVay is, is one of the best coaches in the league. In my database, I have him as, ranked as one of the best coaches in the league. He uh, He's just so smart. Um He's so good at, at adjustments and game planning and, and looking at another team's weaknesses. And uh, just, there's not, oh, shoot. Oops, some technical difficulties there. I'm sorry. Uh, there's not much bad I can say about Sean McVay, uh, really. He's, he's a really just, he's so young and, you know, you can't really call him a perfect coach, but he's, he's done about as good a co- good job of coaching as any. Uh, so... That's that. Uh, Rams Rams really just controlled this game. Uh, it was pretty boring. Pretty boring. Uh, you know, it was just like watching a Rams-Seahawks game in regular season. Um, you know, both of these first two games went went pretty according to script. Um, how I saw it, I bet on the Rams money li- or not money line uh, spread, and I teased them. So I was on the right side of that game as well. Uh, you know, I just. I just felt like it was at least going to be closer than Seattle was getting the hook, so they were getting three and a half. I felt like it was going to be at least closer than that. Um, so I was thankfully right on that one as well. Uh, as you guys will soon find out, this does not keep happening. I start being very wrong here very soon. Um, this you know started out very hot this weekend and uh, it went down very quick, went downhill. So you know I'm not I'm not too happy about. Uh, you know, my performance this weekend on the uh, gambling perspective. But you move on, on to the next one, and, uh, you know, that's how you have to look at it. So the last game on Saturday night was Tampa Bay and Washington. Tampa Bay was a heavy favorite. I think it went all the way up to – I don't think it got to 10, but it was up to 9. I took Washington plus 8 and plus 9. 
Um, and this, you know, I was right on this game um, as well. I, I thought Washington – I wasn't too right. Um, Tampa Bay was able to get a lot of movement, a lot of um, drives and a lot of, you know, deep pass plays. Antonio Brown got free on a couple – Chris Godwin got free on a couple. Mike Evans had a great game. Um, but honestly, I mean, you could really chalk that up to just Tampa Bay is is on a roll right now. They're one of the hottest offenses in the league outside of Buffalo. All their weapons are working. They figured, I don't know how, but they figured out how to get Antonio Brown into this offense, and it's, it's scary. It's really scary. Um, hopefully Ronald Jones is healthy for the next round, but it's really scary what uh, this offense is doing because this Washington D had a good game. Um, they, they got pressure, they made some good play. they had some plays, um, they, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, and, uh, you know, this Washington team was number three in defense, they were, they were top five in any metric in defense all year, uh, just an elite, elite defense, and, uh, I mean, we saw them with Alex Smith, they had a five and one record, I mean, probably if they had Alex Smith all year, that would have been, that they would have won the NFC East very easily, so, they, they made it a game, uh, with, with, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback, Taylor Heineke. They they really made it a game. Uh, Heineke had a great game running. Uh, he's another guy who who is mobile, who can get out of the pocket. He's young. He's fearless. Uh, he, he had a great game. He, he made a great run uh, down the sideline, dove for a touchdown, and made throws when he had to, didn't turn the ball over too much. I think he had one pick. And Washington kept it close. Uh, they didn't have too much of a chance to win, uh, but they kept it close. One possession game. They ended up losing by eight. So one of my bets pushed, and then I actually won the plus nine bet. So that was nice. But, you know, just kind of kind of what I saw happening. Um, I did get a little, little over my shoes and predicted Washington could win this game. Uh, but that was pretty clear from the start that that Tampa Bay was just better. Tom Brady is on a mission. He's he's not gonna let Tam- he's not gonna let Tampa Bay lose, especially to Washington. But you know Washington did fight. They 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 were they were pretty much everything I said. I mean they you know Ron Rivera is a great coach, great defense. They had a lot of fight, a lot of heart. They you know there's a reason they were they were in the playoffs. And I you know they just had a bad matchup with Tampa. Um, ended up still covering, but just a bad matchup, uh, got unlucky there. Cause you know, I, as we've seen, I don't know if you guys saw these past stats, but as we've seen in the past with teams with losing records going into the playoffs, um, most recently the Seattle Seahawks and the, the beast quake game, you know, these, these underdog teams, they come in and, uh, you know, they're, they're not bad. They're not, you know, people consider them cause they have a losing record, bad football teams, but you know they're all NFL players. They're all really good. They they definitely have some some good players on both sides of the ball if they're gonna at least get to the playoffs. And you know they come in hungry, underestimated, and you know at the very least they end up covering. But you know as we saw in the in the recent history, they most of these teams had actually ended up winning the game outright. So like I said, bad matchup. But Washington. You know, they kept it close, and, and it was competitive for sure. I think it surprised a lot of people. Um, it was something that I kind of saw coming, but I think a lot of people were surprised at how well Washington played and, and how they were able to keep it close, um, even with Tampa Bay playing really well. Um, 
especially the the offense. The, the offense had a good game. I I don't think Tom Brady is is mad about. Um, I don't I don't feel like he thinks there's much more you could do, especially against that kind of a defense to put up 31 points. Um, to get a lot of the pass plays he did, a lot of the the, the deep balls he was throwing were just ridiculous. Um, I, you know, I was harping on it a lot that he hadn't played well in cold weather and hadn't played well in prime time because he's getting older and whatever. I mean, it's a joke, but it's kind of not a joke. It's, you know, he is old. He's 43. He goes to bed early. Um, so it, it does have to affect him. But this game, it just it did not affect him at all. He, he was making some insane throws. He made one throw where they got pressure up the middle and just throws an absolute dart down the sideline to, I think it was Godwin, and just absolute perfect throw, like 30 yards, just rainbow. Um, so you, I, he looked vintage Brady. And, uh, you know, away primetime cold weather game, I mean, that's that's almost as bad as he's going to get unless he, you know, he's going to have to go to Lambeau, I guess. So that'll be interesting. But next week they're going to play New Orleans. Um, it's going to be in a dome and I'm sorry. That just that all hit me right there. Uh, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay next week. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Those two defenses, all those weapons, Kamara, Thomas, Antonio Brown, Alvin Kamara, both those quarterbacks are 40 years old. Who knows? I mean, Whoever loses that game, it's probably Drew Brees' last game. If he loses, it could be Tom Brady's last game. Wow. Wow. I think I uh, I think every every game next week is gonna be insane. Um Rams, Packers, uh, like I said, the other the other NFC game, and then in the AFC you got Baltimore and Buffalo, which is bonkers, and Cleveland, Kansas City, which if Cleveland can have everyone back, which is going to be a great game. Wow. But I think the headline this week, what all those talk shows are going to be talking about, what everyone's going to be talking about is freaking Drew Brees, Tom Brady, death match. An absolute death match. Win or go retire. Camara, Thomas, the defense, oh my, against Tampa Bay and all their weapons and Ronald Jones and Chris Godwin and Gronk and Evans and Brown and then their defense. This this is this this should be a Super Bowl. Um, the talent level, the two teams, this is this is a Super Bowl. Um, this is a playoff game where you look at and you say these two teams should be in the Super Bowl. Um, if they were in, you know, AFC, NFC, opposite sides of the bracket, those are two Super Bowl teams uh, playing probably two rounds too early. And wow, 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 wow. Um, please, please enjoy that game. Please sit down and watch that game. That's probably the last time Brady and Breeze are ever going to play each other. Uh <sighs> I, I would guess the line would open somewhere in New Orleans under a field goal. I don't think New Orleans is going to get a hook. But, whoa. I hope that game is close, and I just do not. I'm trying to picture scenarios in my head right now where that game could not be close, and I, I don't see it. 
I don't see it, man. Someone, one of those two quarterbacks is going to have the ball with a minute left, down four, down three, needing a drive, needing set. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. That could, this is going to be a classic. I'm just going to, I'm going to stamp it right now. I might put in a little, little voice thing or a little sound effect, but this is going to be a classic. Instant classic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to move on from that. I mean, it's hard to not think about that game. I'm going to be just dreaming of Brady and Breeze and the defense and the weapons. That's just an all-star Super Bowl-level matchup right there. You can't get much more excited for that one. Um, so we're going we're gonna to move on to the Sunday games. Uh, Tennessee and Baltimore. Lamar Jackson. We're going to take a second here. Lamar Jackson, congratulations. Everyone, everyone, take a second here and say congratulations to Lamar Jackson. If you're a hater, I want you to get rid of that hate. I want you to never hate on this man again. If you're a supporter, I want you to revel in your in your win today and you guys being right. Um, this man is a star. He's a superstar. He's going to be one of the best players in the league. And there's just... He, like I said, he's he's so young that he just needed a little more time. He just needed a couple more years. People were jumping the gun on him uh, for a variety of reasons, but people were jumping the gun on Lamar. And he's 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 a star. He's a superstar, and he showed it today. Uh, Tennessee got off to a big start. They were up 10-0. Uh, Tannehill had a big touchdown pass to A.J. Brown. Lamar had a big interception. It looked like, oh, no, here we go again. I had said earlier that I was on Tennessee at three and a half. I liked that they were getting the hook. Um, I thought I didn't necessarily think Tennessee was going to win this game, but I just thought that these two teams, as we saw, hated each other, absolutely hated each other, and knew each other like the back of their hands, played each other multiple, multiple times over the last couple of years. And so I just didn't see how this game wasn't going to be close. Um, I was hoping that we'd just get a three-point game either way, and uh, we could we could hit that bet and uh, enjoy a close game, uh, which unfortunately it w- it was a close game, but unfortunately the score didn't exactly go that way. Um, it ended twenty to thirteen, uh, so we'll we'll get back to the recap. Uh, Tennessee was up 10-0. It looked like oh no, here we go again. I was honestly feeling pretty good about my Tennessee three and a half. I didn't really see how Baltimore could score two. I didn't. I didn't see how Baltimore could make that make that lead up with how good Tennessee's offense was and how Baltimore was structured. They're not able to come back from leads. So I really, I really thought Tennessee was in a good position, but Lamar turned it on. We've seen it multiple times this year in the Cleveland game and the shit game. Uh, he turned it on, especially just when he's after coming back from COVID. His team was six and five. He has just turned it on, um, and this is where we see special players um, show why they're special, show why they're superstars. I I believed in Lamar before this, but this just further proved that that he's special. He's a superstar with how young he is, and 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 we saw today. So with two two and a half minutes left, Baltimore was down ten to three. They're on the fifty yard line. If Tennessee could get a stop there, and and you know Baltimore did have momentum. But if Tennessee could get a stop, that would have been big to go into half up 10-3. to three. Tennessee could have got the momentum back. 
it was a it was a big position in the game. We'll just say that uh, Baltimore needed points. Baltimore had to have a, a score, and Lamar made it happen. Forty uh, three yard touchdown run, just absolutely just bullet bullet out of a gun, shot out of the middle, uh, went right through the middle of the pocket and. 70-yard run, I think that's how much he coverage, but it was like 40-yard run, and just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, classic Lamar, dove into the end zone, just, you know, when you when you have Lamar Jackson Hall of Fame tape, that's going to be on it. I mean, that's, that's what he does, that's why he's special. He's the best running back in the league, while also being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's, it's, it's scary, and, um, you know, I'm glad he got he got to prove it today. He hadn't had his moment yet in the playoffs. You know, he had, he has struggled in, in his first two seasons, but today he finally had his moment. Um, it was against the team he had lost to. I just you know overcame adversity. I probably should have seen that coming. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't really necessarily. It was you know I made a lot of bad bets this weekend. I lost some money, but. Tennessee was not the worst bet I made. I'm not. I'm not mad about that one. Um, if I had to go back in time, I would probably make it again. But looking back, hindsight, you know, Baltimore coming in that game, they had lost three straight to Tennessee. Lost last year in the playoffs. Classic revenge game. Lamar had to get a win sometime. He was just too good, and uh, you know, probably a little boneheaded. But like I said, I th- I thought this game was going to be close. It was. I was hoping it was within a field goal. It was within a touchdown. And, uh, you know, if you bet on football, if you watch football, that's usually how it goes. It's either with a close game, it's either a field goal or a touchdown. So this one ended up being a touchdown, and, and that's what happens. But, you know, it was a close game, and the result that I wanted in my heart, you know, maybe not my head, maybe not with my money, but in my heart, um, the result that I wanted happened. Uh, Lamar got his first win. He had a classic picture-perfect Lamar moment. Um, and that, and that's what, that's what we needed. That's what the NFL needed. That's what fans needed. Um, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the whole race thing, but you know, Lamar needed that. He needed to prove, he needed to prove that he could win. He needed to prove that, that his style of play and, and what he does can, can be successful. And so that was awesome to see. Um, Baltimore's going to have a great game next week against Buffalo. Uh, like I talked about Buffalo earlier, just, Excellent game. That's a great matchup. All uh, you know, we, there's there's you know great matchups, but there's certain different types of great matchups. You know, weakness against weakness, strength against strength. This this Baltimore Tennessee game was a great matchup because Tennessee and Baltimore were the two best run teams in the league. So this was just a classic ground and pound smash battle football game. Derrick Henry versus Lamar Jackson, but Baltimore versus Buffalo is a great matchup for the exact opposite reason. Baltimore's the best run def- run offense in the league. Buffalo's probably the best pass offense in the league right now. So this is just a classic run versus pass. Who's going to do it better? Is is Are the analytics new age passing? Is it going to come out on top? Or are we just going to be able to Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, excuse me, uh, smash mouth, Lamar, Running pan, running again, and 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 win this game. So that's gonna be such a fun game, man. Oh my gosh, we've got some great matchups next week. Oh my goodness, 
Baltimore and Buffalo. I, that's probably. I mean, we'll we'll keep going over. We'll keep previewing these games, I guess. But Baltimore versus Buffalo. That's got to be. I mean, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, but Baltimore. That's such. That could be a Super Bowl too. I mean, we are this year. Um, you know, it was talked about a lot this year. We, you know, there wasn't any best team in the league. There wasn't any great team. But I guess you know we didn't look at the opposite the opposite side of the coin, which would be if there wasn't any clear best team, that means there was just a lot of great teams. And uh, you know maybe someone wasn't historically good, but all these teams are just really really good. I mean the Rams and their defense are insane. Buffalo's really good. Uh, you know Seattle was really good. They were a Super Bowl favorite at one point this year. Baltimore's really good. New Orleans is really good. Tampa Bay is really good. Cleveland is really good. I mean, these that's like six or seven teams that could all make Super Bowl runs. So, you know, while there might not have been a historically best team in the league this year, every team is really, really good, man. And so what that means is these next few rounds are just going to be so good. I mean, not just the Super Bowl, not just the AFC and NFC Championship games, but this next semifinal round is going to just be Every single game is going to be competitive and a Super Bowl team that feels like they deserve to be there and they deserve to win the Super Bowl. And it's just going to be so much fun. If you thought this weekend was good, man, this was just the hors d'oeuvres. This was just the appetizer. Holy way. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yes, that is that. Baltimore, I am so excited. For Lamar, I'm so excited for their game next week. I'm very happy with that. I am a little sad I lost money on that game. Tennessee didn't cover three and a half, but you know it happens. You got to lose sometimes. So as as at least I got the result that that my heart wanted. So that's that. Uh, I'm gonna get into. We'll touch on New Orleans, Chicago real quick, and then we'll get into some NBA stuff. And uh, well, actually, before we get into NBA stuff, we're gonna recap. Uh, a little bit more of the NFL, give some shout-outs. And then, uh, yeah, I think maybe we'll get into some NBA stuff for a little bit, but uh, not too much longer. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, though. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be right back. that uh, I just want to come here and, and shout out the website real quick loveteakepodcast.com uh, please, please visit uh, follow the Jake Albright pod on Instagram uh, follow me on Twitter uh, the Jake Albright pod you can look it up we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Pod uh, got a lot of fun stuff coming so please stay tuned go to the website once again theuptakepodcast.com the uptake podcast.com uh all right well welcome back to the show we are going to wrap up nfl wildcard super wildcard weekend with probably the most boring game of the weekend sadly uh which i saw kind of coming in i saw i said new orleans is just so good and at home could this could see this being 28 to 10 easy win which was 29 21 9 um, it was 21-3 pretty much. Chicago had a bullshit late late touchdown, which actually backdoored a teaser for me, uh, which was nice. But 
you know, uh, not too much to say about this game. New Orleans was just so much better. Chicago, I mean, I guess if we want to really talk about this game, it's it's on Chicago. Um, Chicago just Nagy uh, can't can't coach offense. I don't know if it's Trubisky. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but their offense every year just looks lifeless, looks horrible, looks boring. Um, they don't know what they're doing. They run the same plays. They're predictable. They run the same run plays. Run the same play action plays. Um, they're just not very good. Uh, they're carried by their defense. Their defense is great every year. Uh, Pagano is a great coach. But, you know, Nagy can't, can't get the offense, and I, it's probably Trubisky. Um, obviously, you know, if they get someone like Deshaun Watson, I'm sure they'd be, they'd be very good. But, you know, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm, you know, the right answer is also probably if you put a good coach in there with, a, with an average quarterback, um, that team would be pretty good as well. Um, so I think either one, get rid of Nagy or Trubisky. Uh, sadly, I don't think they're going to get rid of either, but we'll see. We will see, um, you know, just a just a, a situation to monitor in the offseason. Uh, there's a lot of those, the Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, the Texans, uh, the Jets, and this is another one. Um, this is a good team. They have a lot of talent like those other teams I mentioned on defense uh, with Mack and their secondary, and they have talent on offense with Montgomery and Allen Robinson, uh, but, you know, they need to either make a change at coach or quarterback, and you know, with that change, uh, you know, I just want to preface this. When I say they need to make a change, obviously, if they're going to make a change, they need to improve. Um, so they need to hire someone better. Uh, with the Chargers right now, I'm seeing they're they're interviewing Jason fucking Garrett. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know how horrible that is. Why are the Chargers? You know, Anthony Lynn. Uh, was a great leader, great coach. Uh, not I would take that back. Great leader, great man, great you know, coach in the sense of that term. But if you want to look at X's and O's and 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 special teams and and little stuff like that, he he wasn't he wasn't good. So you know he get his team to a certain point. He had good teams because he had talent, but you know when it came down to it, he just wasn't a very good X's and O's technical analytical coach. And so that's where the Chargers, I thought. They made the right decision by firing Lynn because their team is talented enough and they have the right quarterback where they're at the point where if they can just get a coach like Eric Bieniemy in that in that uh, team, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders for the next 10 years because of the talent on defense, the talent on offense, everywhere. They're stacked. It was obviously just their coach holding them back. That was a situation. Every situation is different, obviously. But this was a situation where the coach was holding them back. Um, you know, it was, it was clear. It was very clear and they need to improve on that. They need to make the right decision. I think it's the but they're high, They're interviewing fucking Jason Garrett. And so this is just, I guess, you know, people make the joke, the chargers and Spanos is a very cheap owner. Um, they literally pay a dollar rent for their stadium. Uh, but I, so I guess, you know, pay Garrett nothing and, and be average and win eight games every year with Herbert and I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. If that's what happens, oh my gosh, I just hate that. How can you do that? How can you have a quarterback as good as Herbert and talent on your defense and, and Melvin Ingram and Derwin James and oh and Bosa and, and just hire Jason Garrett? Like how, how, how? Go hire Eric Bieniemy. You know he's a genius. You know he's an offense genius. 
Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you ever watched a Kansas City Chiefs game, you know Eric Bieniemy is a fucking great coach because fucking Patrick Mahomes is a fucking wrecking ball. Like Eric Bieniemy is so good, and with Herbert and Allen and Eckler and all the talent they have in their offensive line, they can be so 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 good, like scary good. I just don't get it. I just really don't get that one. Uh, sorry to go on the rant there. But looking forward, Chicago's kind of in that same position where if they if they fire Nagy, they need to improve on that. They need to hire someone better, and Bieniemy's out there. Hire Bieniemy, trade for Watson. Boom. Trade literally everything outside of Khalil Mack for Deshaun Watson and hire Eric Bieniemy, and you're going to have a great team. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Like, I, I would put so much money on this. I, like... Uh, if you just if you have a great quarterback with the coach he wants who you know is good and a star player on defense, you are going to have a good team. Like in Allen Robinson, like trade every first round pick you have for fucking Deshaun Watson. And then give Eric Bianami ten million dollars a year. Like who cares? You're gonna win a Super Bowl if you do that. Like ah, uh, uh, it's mind boggling. It really is. It really, really is. Um, I don't get it, but hopefully those teams make the right decision. And the one I just want one team to hire Eric Bieniemy, please, 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 please. Whether it be the Jets or the Texans, he's gonna be a great fit anywhere. He's gonna change your quarterback. Like he's going to make a difference. So just please do it. Just ah, oh, can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. I don't have the words for it. Hire Eric Bieniemy, whoever you are. Um. So that's that. I, I really, you know, I, I don't I could talk about the NFL forever, but I you know, the Bears are done and the Saints are moving on. I've talked about the Saints matchup next week with the Bucks. I'm so excited for that. And uh, you know, looking forward, well, I guess we'll look back real quick. Gambling wise, um, I hit on that the Colts game, I hit on the Rams game. I I pushed on one bet, but I hit on the other on the Redskins game. And then missed on the Titans game. Uh, you know, just like I said, my heart won, but money lost. Uh, I hit a tease in the New Orleans game. Teases this week, I really like teasers. Um, I've gotten into that before. But teasers are, are just a nice, simple, easy way to, way to get what you want in gambling. Change the lines to where you want them. And so I teased the Bears. They backdoored. I got lucky on that. But I also took Bears plus 11 just because I thought the spread was a little little egregious. Um, it, it, I just thought it got bet up a little too much. It got above 10, and so I took it. It could have been 10. It could have been close. I mean, if if Wims catches that deep touchdown pass, if they there's a bunch of shit that could have happened where that game could have been within 10. Um, I mean, if the Bears literally do anything, that game is close because their defense played insane. I mean, they gave up 21 points. That should That should win you most football games. So... I'm not horribly mad at that bet, but still frustrating. Um, and just frustrating on me because why do you bet on Mitch Trubisky? You know, why Why do you do that? So that's that. Um, and then Cleveland, I hit on a tease with Cleveland. Um, they were the second part of my tease with the Bears. So that was nice. Uh, you know, could have picked Cleveland, but I just thought with the COVID and no Stefanski, it was just, it was too much of a toss-up. It was you know, I, I really did think the, that Pittsburgh was going to win. Um, I think I said that I would be shocked even if Cleveland won. So I guess I'm shocked, um, which I am, you know. I haven't really processed it yet. 
but Cleveland won a playoff game, and they were up 28-0 at halftime, and they dominated Pittsburgh. They dominated Pittsburgh. And so great for Cleveland. Just great. Um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't have money on that game just because, you know, I'm just happy for Cleveland. Um, so that's that. I not, not a great weekend in gambling. Uh, lost a little bit of money. Nothing, nothing horrible. Uh, pretty much a break even, if you want to call it that, on the week. So a little disappointing after my start with the Colts and the Rams. Uh, but just a tough Sunday, really. Uh, lost, lost with the Bears and the Titans. And, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. We'll be back next week uh, with gambling stuff. Uh, I'll talk about later in the week when I preview the games about my, uh, my predictions for gambling. Uh, you know, the lines and, and what I see. Uh, I'll tell you guys my handicap and, and give you guys some picks. I'm not going to give you my full card, but I'll give you guys some picks, probably just straight-up spread picks and, and some fun stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that'll wrap it up for the NFL. Um, and... Well, let's see. How long are we? We're at, we're at the 50-minute mark here. Uh, you know, I might wrap this up, to be honest. I don't think I want to go too long. We're going to have a couple episodes this week. Uh, on Wednesday, we are going to have the Pop Culture Podcast with Daniel. Uh, episode 3 is coming out, so that should be fun. And then coming later in the week, probably Friday, uh, I'm hoping to have our second interview uh, it will be with a college basketball player. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys which one yet, but it should be with a college basketball player. Great interview. We'll talk about their season, uh, dealing with COVID, and uh, yeah, should be really fun. So like I said earlier, please go to the uptakepodcast.com. Please tune in to the podcast. Please listen to the prior podcast. We have the Pop Culture Podcast with Daniel. We have an interview with uh, Owen Gifford former D3 football player up, and uh, a couple articles are also up on the website. Uh, Argon Stern wrote a great article about the NBA, and Brock Berry wrote a great article about the college football playoff, which uh, the championship game is actually on Monday. So I might talk about that. We'll talk about that um, depending on if it's a good game uh, on the Friday pod. But for now, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, definitely going to talk more NBA coming up. Uh, and we're going to get an NBA show going. Uh, it's just, you know, football time. It's, it's heavy football time. We had six games the last two days. There's a lot to talk about with football. So, you know, I don't, I don't I, I could go for two hours and continue to talk about the NBA, but I think I'm going to save that. Um, and we'll keep this short and sweet tonight. It's a, it's a late Sunday night. I don't want to keep you guys for too long, so. Like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Go check out the website. Go read the articles. Go listen to the podcast. And uh, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Support the Jake Albright podcast, theuptakepodcast.com. You guys have a great night. Let the music run.